0: to episode two of Love, Laugh with Jax. I am sitting here with my good friend Mobile Adigun. We did an Instagram live video a little while ago and we started a conversation that was inspired by Black Lives Matter and so this episode we are calling Loving Black. (laughs) Mobile, it is great to have you with us. Thank you for having me again. I'm very excited to be here. You've uh, mentioned to me that you and Peter have been having some interesting conversations since we started uh, with our Instagram live and some of the questions
1: that I asked you is that right yes yeah so in response to the interview that we had in response to the black lives matter in response to just race on a whole um obviously as black people i think the subject touches quite deeply um but yeah it has been it has been probably number one and now things to converse about wow amazing yeah. you you said something last
0: week which uh, i quoted you on because i thought it was brilliant you just said in our household emotions are heightened as we sense change is in the air yes. finally people are listening yes. my friend can i just say that that's why we're doing this yes. we are listening we want yeah. to know i I must be honest, I've loved you for so many years, and yet I didn't know that this was an area that caused Mm. pain in your life, Mm. that this was an area that uh, sometimes you had to change who you were, and sometimes Mm. you had to act a certain way, Mm. and sometimes you felt like you couldn't let your true self be seen, Mm. and I just want to say on behalf of anybody who is listening that has been a part of this, that we want to know you, we want to see you, and if you're listening to this and you're a black guy or girl, uh, as you know, I've got like you a black daughter and a black yeah. son and we want them to be seen we want Absolutely. them to be appreciated um, this conversation is really about stepping into your shoes yes. uh, for you to help us to understand what it has been like and how it can be different how yeah. uh, how it can be different going forward because you know that, that I don't think of myself as a racist and I think for so sure. many of us yeah. don't consider ourselves racist yeah. and yet we are part of a system where we uh, see we, we have stereotypes we see people certain ways we don't necessarily truly understand what it is like to be you yeah, and yeah. you're a swazi girl uh, yeah. that was sent to a british boarding school in south africa for a particular reason you mm. you mentioned last week that actually growing up the standard was what absolutely <laughs> and, and that you would do whatever you needed to do to meet that standard yeah. and that that was even one of the reasons for your dad choosing to send you to boarding school yeah. here uh-huh. tell us a little bit some of the experiences that you had in
1: a british school What was it like? So having books where no one looked like you, the readers of Peter and Jane at the beach, Peter and Jane didn't have my color of skin and there wasn't anyone in the background who looked like me, having to quiet my voice outdoors, having to navigate that space of this comes naturally to me, like I will shout outside in the yard with my brothers and then being in a school environment, a a, a white space where all of that kind of has to be subdued and you have to learn that this is how we do it here and what you know is your normal um, you need to push aside. It's Um, quite interesting mm -hmm. hey, because I know that for example if you're going to
0: a school that has an ethos of a particular religion you have to sign something to say you agree that you're uh, conforming to their ethos and that your child will participate in certain events Mm -hmm. and yet your dad never knew he never signed a paper that said at this school there's British manners and there's British culture Mm. And you're going to have to submit Mm. and change Mm. So some of who you are at home, which Mm. was never wrong. You never got in trouble for it. When you had good manners and good culture and were celebrated by your parents for that exact
1: same behavior at school, you would get in trouble. Yes. Where my parents grew up, they grew up in a black is bad yeah, way. Wow. And they like, I don't want my children to do that. So I'm going to send them to a white school if I have the opportunity. I'm going to send them to where the power is. Yeah. And for my kids to be successful... I um, need to send them so that they can learn that way and learn that world because that's where the success is. Wow. So it's very different, obviously,
0: in yes, America. Yes, uh, There are still white rulers yeah. and there are still white policemen. Yeah. Here, we don't have that experience. Yeah, and yeah. yet, there's still somehow this elitist thing about British manners. Yeah. That if you have them, then you've got the education. Then you've yes. got what it takes yeah. to, to
1: be successful. Yeah, yeah. In this space, this is how we carry ourselves. Very much that British way of doing life, that British understanding of what good manners are, that you'd probably find is very different to when, say, black people are together. Yes, And the way that they would conduct a meeting, for instance. I remember
0: driving into the city of Durban, probably I was quite young. So apartheid had ended and the city of Durban was full of black faces on the streets, you know, on the pavements and in the shops. And I remember a comment being passed. You know, there's so many black faces. Somebody said that I remember my dad's defense and he turned around and he said, welcome to Africa. We live in Africa And I think if I went to India I would expect to see Indian faces uh, Doing Indian things in an Indian way And here in (laughs) South Africa Somehow we are still learning Mm. To celebrate African people Doing African things in an African way Yes
1: But it's so bizarre Because if you went to India You wouldn't be surprised to see Indian people Doing Indian things But when you are on the Durban beachfront We are loud Right. <laughs> we laugh loudly but our loudness will be um can you can you guys keep it down please and i'm just like how about guys where can we then laugh loudly we can't do it indoors we can't do it outdoors where yeah but like your dad says this is africa guys let's celebrate the people of this land which includes white people too let's all enjoy together absolutely <laughs> we speak about a rainbow nation and i think we're yes. still learning
0: we celebrate it in the arts and we celebrate yes. it in cultural things but i think we need to learn how to celebrate it also in social events and yes, economic yes. events and, and, and different places like that and yeah. I think that's something we're still learning. There's a quote by Robert Ntuli, a good friend of ours and, and he writes this about systemic racism he says, systemic racism defines a reality in which the culture of one people group becomes a default, dominant and a host culture in the process of administration of life in society a process in which the culture of one people group becomes the institution filter shaping norms and standards of life. It is a silent requirement in which other cultural groups are required to conform to the dominant culture as a prerequisite for institutional integration and before they can be accepted to meaningfully participate in the enterprise of human life, such as schools and workplaces. It's a way in which institutional life favours or gives preferential treatment to a set of cultural traits by default, no matter who manifests them. I find that so interesting, no matter who manifests them. And so uh, what we're talking about is... We have to address the fact that we are living in post-colonial South Africa still. Our history is there. There's nothing we can do about it. But now it's about unpacking things and peeling off certain things Mm. and saying, how can we celebrate other cultures that haven't previously been celebrated? Here in Durban, it would be crazy if we didn't learn how to celebrate Indian culture. If we didn't learn how to have Indian leadership in our churches and business places. And obviously African Mm. here in South Africa. Mm. And so obviously we need to learn how to celebrate these things. Mm -hmm. Nobs, I'd love to understand some thoughts you have as a black woman that I wouldn't necessarily have. So I know, for Mm -hmm. example, I would have to and have explained to my husband that I wouldn't go for a run at dusk because I would be concerned for my safety. And Mm -hmm. when I run, I would probably make sure that there were no bushes on the sides of the roads or whatever. It's just things I think about as a woman Mm -hmm. that a man wouldn't have to think about. What are some things that you think about as a black woman that I don't think about?
1: I think about Sounding white. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think about sounding white. Yeah. I told you about that telephone conversation with my sister where she was like, Are there white people around? I'm like, Yeah. And she's like, I thought so because you have your white English on. And I was like, I I deny that. I don't have white English. What do you mean I don't have I just have English? And she's like, Nope. Yep, that's the white people are around English. The white people are around accent. So the truth is, you don't feel like you can truly be
0: yourself around white people. You're still learning how to be yourself without feeling like people are judging you.
1: Um, I think it's more white people I don't know. White people I know, I'm like, yeah, you used to me now. You know I can <laughs> laugh loudly and I can do this. But I think when I meet white people for the first time, my own defenses go up and I'm like oh shucks now I have to make an impression because in my mind a white person will perceive me like this. If I talk like that they'll this is the assumption that they will make of me. If my English doesn't sound on point this is the assumption they'll make of me which is a negative assumption. Would you feel free to express your opinions? Probably not from the outset. (laughs) because you don't want to dominate well I'm like okay I don't want to overpower you I'm in your space so I'm still learning so you're kind of learning that like where do I stand exactly here but you're saying your Um, space but you're talking about
0: public you're talking about arriving at a school arriving at work arriving at it's your you still would see it as white people's space
1: yeah I think so okay the way I would interpret that is if I walked into a particular shop I'm like okay a white person probably owns this shop (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and not even the ownership, I think the people I'm surrounded with, where if I walk, I'm like, okay, I can see this, white right, people? And it's not like I walk into the shop and I'm like, okay, psych myself up, have I got my English on? I'm just like, yeah. it just... And it, it concerns me a bit that it just comes naturally to just be like, right, get yourself together. And before I know it, I'm just like speaking really well and I'm really enunciating. And yes, oh, I just love this item. And everything comes out clearly and crisply. And, you know, whereas if I'm in a relaxed environment, I'm just talking like this is just how I talk. you yeah. know Yeah. But there are certain spaces where I work extra hard to show you that I'm educated, to show you that I speak well, to show you that I can sound like you. Yes. So that you can accept me. Part of that, I think, is coming across as agreeable, coming sure. across as not a troublemaker. Wow. Uh, maybe something I have may disagree with, I'm like, oh, maybe it's not so serious an issue. No, it's fine. It's fine. No, you are right. Sure. And may, yeah, I think influenced by the, this is how this world works. And that's what I love about that quote is that silent requirement. Yes. Because nobody is saying, okay, Nobs, now you're going into um, a shop with white people. And when you walk in the park yes. at Botanical Gardens, there's white people. So please sound like us. Yes. You know, it's, it's a silent requirement where you've seen when people haven't sounded white, what the response has been to them by white people. Yes, You've seen when someone hasn't had the privilege of a good education, when they come into that space, what happens to them? And you're just like, yeah, no, I can't have that happen to me. Yeah. You know, so you, you adapt. Yeah. You make it work, girl. Yeah. You
0: you mentioned last time um, something about how you would sing. So you were in our church. Richard was... Yeah. Um, The leader at the time and he asked you to sing your natural style the style Mm. that you would sing at home, this Mm. way that you would sing in your own bedroom, in your shower or Mm. wherever, uh, to bring that to the stage and Mm. you said that it was really hard because you were so used to conforming in those spaces that you actually forgot how to bring your true self Brene Brown has this quote on how to maintain vulnerability in a new space, exactly Mm. what you're speaking about and her mantra that she would say to herself is don't shrink back don't pass out yeah just stand your sacred ground sure. and I beautiful. think it's so beautiful, yeah. don't shrink back don't puff, don't up. puff up, but, stand but just your stand sacred your sacred ground. ground, how can you yeah. be who you really are, yes. and we need you, our culture and particularly mm. in the church environment we yes. represent the culture of heaven and you're in you're in that culture you're in that family, I'm yeah. in that family mm. and our family has to have both of our expressions in yes. it um, and we just have to both be free to be able to, yeah. to bring our full selves, I mean we're in itself it's such a thing of vulnerability Absolutely. and being true to yourself yes. and we need to learn how to do it in such a way that is authentic mm. and that's vulnerable and allows other people to bring to bring their vulnerability mm. so you, you and me are not in our 20s anymore <laughs> 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 we are both moms with kids that are growing up fast yeah. and uh, we're it's actually up to us to set a new standard for those that are coming behind us and for the young adults in the church, in the community, in the culture that we live in, Uh, one of the reasons that I try and I don't know if it's fair to say that I'm breaking glass ceilings because it, it, it assumes that people have put them on me. It assumes that there are those silent requirements. It's, but whether they're external or whether they're Internal. just in me, that I perceive mm. them, I try to break ceilings in being a woman because mm. that's also an issue that's been addressed over the last few decades. And so some of the reasons why I do what I do, even like this, doing a podcast, teaching yes. in public... Part of it is I've realized that I love it. But it started because I thought if I don't do it, there will be others that are coming behind me Mm. that will not do it. If I don't break the ice, if I don't break the ceiling, if I don't show my daughters and the the young girls that are coming behind me that this is okay for us to lead, for us to uh, speak, Mm. for us to teach, for us to be on stage, for us to uh, participate in the leadership of culture. And if, if I don't show that, what have I done for the next generation? it's almost a for me a, a way for me to love them mm. and i think that it's the same for you that yeah. we've there's things that you want to break mm. and some of it is going to have to be internal and so we have to look at ourselves as white people and say good gracious, do I give people a squiff look when I think they're speaking too loudly but actually we're in Botanic Gardens, hello I'm on the beach, how can there be a a voice that's too loud for the beach, Mm. it's alright, we're allowed to and so am I giving people a squiff look, am I contributing to those silent requirements and those glass ceilings Mm. or uh, or from the other point of view which I could identify with as a Mm. woman, you as a black person and a woman, what must I break in myself, what must I force through and I don't care if people look at me crooked mm. and I and I must stop assuming that they're looking at me crooked yeah. and I must bring my full self to the table for the sake of the next generation yeah. and for the sake of the rainbow nation. The generation before has broken something for us. We need to break the next layer. Yes, uh, You and me, uh, bl- black and white, men and women, we're in that space now. We're the generation. If you're listening to this, you're in the generation because yeah. you're alive now and you're old enough to listen to a podcast yes. and so we've got to break the layer that needs be mm. broken today so that the next people won't be having this conversation yes. they might be having a conversation but hopefully it'll be a different one yeah. hopefully it'll be a deeper
1: layer yeah so for us at home Especially now that we have children, we don't want our children, like you say, to be sitting, having this conversation when they are our age. We don't want them to be having to stifle who they are to fit into a particular environment. We don't want them to have to put up their defenses when they walk in to be super aware that, okay, I am black here, I'm in this white space, and this is how I must act to be accepted. They need to walk into a space, be liberated and just be who they are. And I think we're not not talking about brutal experiences of racism. We're not talking about I was told to move out because you're black or I don't serve black people here. And it's the subtle things where for us, it's what can you find in your heart that's just one thing just change one thing for prejudices that are unconscious yeah because they, those get passed on to your children yeah like analyze your heart yeah. don't be afraid to look deep and say shucks actually if truth be told this is a prejudice i hold I kind of take pause when I have to engage with a black person like this. I take pause if my child comes home from school and tells me something. And if you're having to ask, was it a black child or a white child? Yeah. That says something. We can't be passing this thing on to our kids. We can't be letting this thing carry on. Just, I think for us, that was the thing. Just find one thing, start with one thing and we grow from there. I think we need to see each other.
0: We need to see each other and we need to allow each other to be known and to have the freedom to bring our full selves to the table yeah. and mm. to stop measuring people by standards that are superficial. It reminds me of Jesus who says, you forget the law, but you remember the traditions. Stop. You are running your lives by the traditions that you've yeah. been taught and your yeah. traditions are tramping law. Yeah. You're missing the whole point. Mm. And I think maybe we can just close there to say that maybe we can just look at that and see yeah. where has... our own traditions uh, whichever side we're coming from and whatever our background and what we've been taught where are our traditions trumping the law of God the law of loving each other the law of unity the law of being adopted into one family the things that God has declared about us uh, and the people that have been redeemed by him so Nobile it's been amazing to have you with us today thank you so much for joining us Uh, I commit to continuing to search my heart and to see where perhaps I have not realized that I paint people with a certain brush simply because of how they look and I, I want to be better, I want to see a person's face and remember it and not just forget it because they change their hairstyles because you <laughs> girls are bad at that <laughs> and say oh I've never met you before because you've changed your yeah. hair but actually to look somebody in the eyes yes, and to get to know them absolutely. and therefore to remember them and therefore to start to deal with some of these prejudices. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for opening up the platform and these conversations are never easy because of the past because of our own involvement in it and our own interactions with one another my prayer is that we allow Jesus to do the work and we surrender to him helping us to love each other like he loves us allowing him to help us to see each other the way he sees us I think it's it's time It's time to move on from this. It's time to let go of our prejudices. It's time to stand united. Absolutely. Change
0: is in the air. You said it. We believe it. And that is what we're going to commit ourselves to. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.